Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going to hear from some of the people whose stories are told in the musical Come From Away, which opened last month at the Phoenix Theatre in the West End. If you aren't familiar with the show, it's about what happened when the US airspace was closed on 9-11. 38 planes were forced to land at Gander Airport on a Canadian island called Newfoundland. The 7,000 people from those planes were taken in and looked after by the people of Gander and the nearby towns for five days before the planes were allowed to take off again. I was recently invited to go and have a chat with some of the Newfoundlanders and some of the plane people who were stranded there at the time. They'd come to London to see the show and meet the actors playing them, and for one afternoon they all got together on the top floor of Canada House overlooking Trafalgar Square, where, once again, they told their versions of what happened on the northeast tip of North America in September 2001. My name is Diane Davis and I was a school teacher at Gander Academy on September 11th. My name is Jenna Boyd and I'm an actor and I play Beulah Davis in the UK cast of Come From Away. When did you two meet and what was the first thing you said to each other? We met in Dublin. I'm not sure what the first thing we said to each other but I know what was unusual for me in Dublin is that all of the cast was recognising me because they'd seen the documentary. So that was very strange to have people coming up with these big smiles on their faces that weren't tiny little school children. Oh my God, I play you. It's you, I think. (laughs) Things I remember about our first meeting was the lovely bag that you bought me that I use for my shopping with pride and the really good chocolate. Those are the two things that I vividly remember. And also just realising how alike we are. <laughs> Which is very true, being like, oh, I see this. I get it. I, I get it, yeah. We see quite early on in the show how you found out what happened when it happened. What is it like seeing that on stage every time you see the show? It, it brings back all of the emotion to see it again. There's a little bit of leeway in, in how it's actually portrayed. I heard about it from a parent coming down the hallway and then we went home at lunch and saw the towers fall and had to go back to work. So it was a crazy thing to go into a classroom with a group of eight-year-olds who had just experienced this too and try and keep them calm and try and talk your colleagues down. But the way David and Irene do it, where they everyone turns on the radio and then the song comes in like like the music and the radio uh, it's, it's just remarkable how how we're all invited into what's going to happen this whole experience all of it brings back memories all of it brings back memories because it's all true it all happened I witnessed most of it and when you hear that from the person you're playing how on earth do you take that onto the stage when she was speaking then, I was actually thinking that tonight I think will be a very special show because I've got to hear a lot more thoughts behind the, the dialogue today than I, than I had before. None of which is a surprise because I, you know, I know how amazing you are, how amazing you all were. But there, there, are, there will be special moments tonight where I've learnt new 
new things. The thing about what happened on 9-11 is there isn't a person who was alive at that time of an age who doesn't remember who they were. My eyes were opened to a whole new a, ho- a whole new world almost. It, it changed everything. Everything changed. But the, that, the moment we, we have in, in that opening number where we say, and we turned on the radio, I remember being told, you know, planes crashed into the World Trade Center and I didn't know what that was. I was 21 and I'd never heard, I'd know what the World Trade Center was when I learned it was the Twin Towers. So I can see it. As an actor, there are moments within it where we watch the television, where we hear it on the radio, where I can relive that moment for myself. But now I'm able to do it with Diane's experience in my mind. Diane, you and the people you, you know and you see every day are, are in this musical. When, when you first heard that that, w- that was going to be a thing, how did you feel? Well, David and Irene have this really neat pattern of not telling you that you're in a musical. So, And I'm only starting to get an appreciation of how the others found out similar to me, but I didn't know I was in the musical until the night before I saw it in Gander when I met Astrid Van Weeren and she asked me where I was and I told her I was a grade 3 teacher at Gander Academy and my husband was on strike. It was a crazy hot day and she said, oh yeah, that's how we do it. You know I play you. So I didn't have a whole lot of lead up time to this. It was amazing and overwhelming and I kind of shook my head over it all. And then to get a call a month later and be invited to Toronto to see it was, again, mystifying. And the first day that tickets were on sale for Broadway in November, I bought tickets for my first ever trip to Broadway just to see this show, my first ever trip to New York. And we planned it for Easter, and in January they phoned and said, so can you come to the opening in March? So it's been it's been a wild roller coaster of travel, of getting to see the show and meet the new casts. Uh, it's giving us amazing opportunities to represent our community, to assure people that this really did happen, and also to assure them that we didn't do anything that is beyond the means of everyone in whatever room you are in right now. Anybody can do what we did. It was food, extra clothing, bedding, kindness, use of your phone, giving directions, and comfort. And some people say, well, that wouldn't happen in my town or that wouldn't happen in my city. But Kevin Turf and I yesterday passed out 10 valentines to strangers in the street. And I only had two people walk past me. And we we had little postcards so they could write on them and pay them forward and send them on. There's a group of school children in California who started this called saxivists I think it's saxophone players I don't know for sure it's great six kids anyway and he suckered me in and 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 I had a ball and the last lady that I gave the card to actually spoke to me first she saw I had a badge on wanted to know what it said conversation ensued I gave her a valentine card and she asked if I if she could have a hug and that was in London yesterday so it can happen anyway the people walking by are late for a meeting they've got someplace they've got to be they've got something on their mind people with time will help you and the, or they'll make time if, if, depending on your need I think it's you I think you're the magic <laughs> Hon- the shoes. honestly but just listening to you you're just 
inspiring. And you have Diane, and you also have Beulah, who yeah. sort of amalgamate to, to be your part. You have double the source material. I do. Where do you begin? I personally began with the story that the amazing writers wrote, that, that they put together, they took from every, all the interviews that they did, and they that is my source material, that is what I have, because the people that we speak to were living in that moment. The real people, they can reflect back, but the moment that I am playing is the moment that they lived in right there and then. They didn't have 10 years of reflection, so I tried to keep it to that moment. And it would say, this is a song, isn't it? You're here, you're here at the start of a moment. And that is what, as characters go. But what I can do, certainly with the longer conversations that I've had with Diane and with Beulah, I can have an insight into what they were thinking in that very moment. Claude Elliott, former mayor of Gander, Newfoundland. Clive Carter, who plays Claude Elliott, former mayor of Newfoundland. Have you recovered yet? Uh, oh yeah, I've recovered. Uh, you know, getting there, but it's a long journey to get here. And uh, but I, I'm recovering from all of it. But just to see the show and the excitement around it and everything, you know, the adrenaline keeps you going. The same thing as it did those five days that people were in Gander. I didn't sleep for five days. You just kept going on adrenaline and that. So yeah, uh, we're, we're not hard to adjust. When did you two meet, and what was the first thing you said to each other? Well, we met last night for the first time, and I think the first thing I said was, I okay? Because I'm portraying a real person, um, I wanted to make sure that I hadn't upset Claude in any way and, and I was on the right track. That was the most important thing, see if he was happy with how I was doing it. Although I'm not impersonating Claude, I'm, no. doing, I'm bringing hopefully the essence of what Claude... Yeah, and I, I, and I said to him, I said, it was a home run. You, you nailed it, and uh, I'm very proud. Uh, I must say, I think the whole cast last night was as close to Newfoundlanders as you could get, even the language, you could understand it more, And uh, but they did a phenomenal job, and Clive did, uh, I said, you hit home run and proud. Because as he said, it's not about making sure that you're exactly like me or speak exactly like, it's that story that needs to be told. Yeah, it's a story that's the most yeah. important thing. Absolutely. How many times have you seen it now, and does it affect you differently now to it? how it did the first time you saw it uh, no I've seen the show last night was number 36 but uh, I like to see this one I'm going to see it twice more before I leave so the first time you see a new cast you 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 need to see it again before you get the true effect of it but we were very impressed last night with it so uh, every cast is a bit different but the story is not the story is the same wherever it's told and that's what's important and how has it been for you meeting the real people behind the story you're oh, telling? It's been fantastic because when re, my thing is research, I love research. So I did a lot of research on Claude, but also because we 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 I've lived with these people now in the show within the show I've lived with them, so it's like their family anyway. To actually meet them is an absolute joy. It's like you're not meeting them for the first time; you're meeting them as part of the family that you already know. So, no, it's been fantastic to, to meet up with everybody. And we've, they've all come over, which is fantastic that they make the journey. It's a long journey for them, but the support that they bring is so important and means so much to us, I can, tell, I can say that. Has meeting the people and telling the story made you want to go to Gander? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'd love to go to Gander. He's got an invitation. I have. Yeah, he's already given me the invitation. Could there be a, a come-from-away summit, do you think, maybe one day when all the different casts come together? 
I it would be great, uh, if, you know. But I guess as long as the show is playing, it's going to be hard to uh, everybody get together. But uh, it would be certainly that would be something fantastic to happen if we could get every cast and all the characters that's been trained all into one room and have a big family reunion because everybody in this this family now is you know is like part of your family. Even though we live miles and miles and miles apart and we've never been in each other's home or coming, but you feel like they're part of you and and you know they're representing you and that so it'd be nice to get together so he has an open invitation to come uh, to gander i'll be his personal guide <laughs> fantastic yeah. uh, but the show has actually come to gander before itself hasn't it yes, what it were is. that must have been incredibly emotional oh it was and you know uh, i think the producers and the writers felt that if we take this to gander and there was about six thousand people saw the two shows and once you get the reaction from the people and the province and the communities you're portraying, if there was going to be anything wrong with it, the people there would let you know. But about 10 minutes before the first show ended, 3,000 people stood to their feet and started clapping and applauding and never sat down. And they finished that 10 minutes. You could see some of the actors crying. You could find it very hard to compose themselves, you know, to finish off, right? And they knew then that it was a home run that the local people were so impressed with it I mean that reaction is, is not dissimilar from what we've seen in London so far I've, I've been twice and Clive as a stalwart of the West End have you ever seen a reaction like you've seen for this show so far no I can honestly tell you no I mean I, I am a, I've been around the block a few times I, even going back to the days of the Les Mis when we first opened Les Mis the Marvel, we had standing ovations but not like this not like this. This this isn't even a standing image. People explode to their feet on all levels, right to the gods. They all explode to their feet. I've never, ever, in all my years, seen anything like that. And it's, a, it, gosh, it's, it, it's very emotional. It is so emotional. So, no, it's fantastic. And it, and it continues when you go off stage. Um, the music keeps going. The, the tannoy must be so noisy. To be honest with you, we... Generally, because you know the band plays. Once we leave the stage, the band is still playing, and invariably, we don't leave the stage. We keep going back on again, and they say you don't need to go. No, because we like it as well. So we go and we go and listen to the music as well. So it's like a big party. I'm David Shannon, and I play Kevin T. I'm Jonathan Andrew Hume, and I play Kevin J. And I'm Kevin Turp, and I'm the real Kevin T, and also known as the Gay Lumberjack. When you walked in, I said, "Ah, I know who that is straight away." <laughs> I'm Kevin Young, uh, also the real Kevin Jay, and I was the one that called him a gay lumberjack when he put that awful shirt on. Well, we met in Dublin for the opening, didn't we? I don't know what the first thing we probably, it was probably a hashtag gay lumberjack, I'd imagine. <laughs> so you're Kevin. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Although I've got a new one now, Tall Drink of Water is my new hashtag. Tall Drink of Water, I got called the other day, which is quite hilarious. Um, yeah, so we met in Dublin and we'd spoken online a few times so um, beforehand. I just first met Kevin J today, actually, um, but we've we've all connected over social media um, beforehand. I knew that the opening, uh, the announcement of the characters was coming, and that's always kind of a, a surreal day because you know what are they going to look like? David was very kind. He, uh, I wrote a book called Channel of Peace, and he tweeted at me a picture holding my book, and I, I was like, wow. That's amazing. So uh, that's that's our first interaction. So you got the stamp of approval straight away. Yeah, of course. Yeah, best parties. First impressions: smart, funny. I imagine very talented. I have not gotten to see them perform yet, but 
I'm looking forward to it. I know they know what they're doing. So basically, it's a good thing you said that stuff now before you see the show, because then now it's on record, regardless of what you think afterwards. I won't take it back. There'll be no need. I'm, and also, most importantly, they're really into it. I mean, I think most of the actors who take part in the show uh, look at it as more than just another gig. They kind of get caught up in the message and the the cause, if you will. And these two are way into it, and that makes us very, very happy. These parts are absolutely wonderfully written, but also the fact that they're based on real people, that must be so satisfying. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as actors, we're normally used to playing um, historical or fictional people. Or cats. Or, or cats, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I used to be in the Lion King, don't you know? Yeah, um, and really? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's really a, it's, it's a breath of fresh air in some places to, to be playing people who are alive and well, but there's also that, that, that feeling of a little bit of... It's a little bit daunting in a way because you are... Your, your task with this responsibility of portraying someone living. Um, but what's great about this show is Christopher Ashley, our director, he was very adamant in making sure that we weren't just playing caricatures of the Kevins, that we were actually able to put a bit of ourselves into the characters as well. And we, it's not just the Kevins that, that David and I play. Yeah, of course, play. So we play like we're others is the other sort of thing, and we do it, but, but we play about five different people each. So, yeah, and so we have to put ourselves into each one of them. So Yeah, because we chop and change in, in a literally... A, a uh, in a second as well. It's great to be a part of this show and, and the lives that, that well, especially over the five days that we, we portray, it's it's great to actually to, to get to know their story, to, to live their story and also to, to take away the same um, lessons and the same feelings and, and the grace that they, they experience in Gander. We get, away to, we get to take that away as well. Kevin T, how many times have you seen the show now all over the world and what's the thing that you take away from it every time you see it? I just saw a performance uh, night before last here in London, and that was the 34th time over six years. I was the only person, uh, a come from away, who went to the original uh, college production at Sheridan College in uh, Toronto, and that was six years ago next month. So at the time, I thought this was wonderful. I laughed, I cried, and I thought that was it. I never thought it was going to go to Broadway or much less come to London. So it's a wonderful experience. I still laugh and cry every time I come to a show. But what I love is that I, in fact, in New York, where I live now, I often, I don't go to the show, but I'll meet people afterwards. And I watch people come out of the theater and to see them with these big smiles and they're radiating and there's, you know, tears of joy and so hopefully they take with them this idea that there is goodness in the world and that these sim- there are simple things that people can do to be compassionate, to engage in the suffering of others, and that's what they did for us in Newfoundland in 2001, and they still do it today. And Kevin, when did you find out initially that your experience of those five days was going to be part of a musical, and what did you think? I found out completely by accident. I was perusing the internet about gander-related things, and I saw that this married Canadian couple was writing a writing a musical about gander, and I thought, oh, that's a terrific idea. And I read a little farther down. There was a couple named, at that time, Colin 1 and Colin 2, and I thought, ah, interesting. Read a little farther down and started seeing things that I said, and I thought, oh, holy bleep, you know, 
think I'm in a musical. So I, I contacted Cesar Samayoa, who originated the role on Broadway, through his website and said, I, I think you're playing me in a musical. And it went from there. I flew up to uh, Seattle, first chance I got, and saw it. Supposed to see it once, ended up staying another day and seeing it three times. And uh, I was dumbfounded. I, I, I mean, uh, the, after the first time I saw it, I couldn't sleep all night. I wrote Dave and Irene like a 20 page email. Like Kevin said, every single time, I, I start crying when they dim the house lights and I stop when, you know, the theater clears. It's like, but but I mean, it's not sad. It's funny. I cry at the funny parts too. It's very very uplifting, very positive. It really is. And guys, between you, you've done a lot of the big shows in London. Um, have you ever seen a reaction like this so early in a show's run? No, <laughs> never. Because we got it in Dublin, um, and we were there for eight weeks, and uh, we got it in Dublin, and. I half expected Dublin to be like that because the music is quite Irish and traditional feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Irish players in it. Um, it's in a small, intimate theatre. So I really felt that we, if, they, if Irish people got it, they'd really get it. Irish audiences are very like that. If they like something, they really like something. I was slightly skeptical, skeptical about here because yeah, I wasn't sure if we... Because we're a little bit more reserved. Well. It's a larger theatre. So, and yet... It's been the same reaction, but just twice as many people. So it's been quite... And I've never seen... I've been doing this 25 years now, and I've never seen an audience as one stand up before the lights have even finished, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'll ever forget the first performance we did, our first preview in London, and the end of the show, as before the lights even came down the roar yeah. from the audience that literally was like yeah. a sound wave that pushed us back yeah. it was phenomenal but I think that the, the show it's it's directed not necessarily directed in a way to get that reaction because that's definitely not what it's written for but it's directed in a way that there is no chance for the audience to really applaud during the during the show and there's no interval so what happens is the audience members are actually taken on that same journey they're they're part of the five days that happened after 9-11 and they themselves become the come from a ways as well and they they are just showing their appreciation and their love and are just so thankful for all the generosity that the Newfoundlanders showed the come from a ways and they take that message away from them and then the way that they show it is by standing up unanimously without and screaming and screaming (laughs) and throwing their Newfoundland flags in the air and just, you know, it's it's an incredible response for the show and it hasn't stopped. Every single performance we've had is the exact same reaction. My name is Beulah Cooper and I'm from Gander, Newfoundland. Monday night will be my 20th show. And I love every one of them. It makes me feel proud to be a Newfoundlander for starters. Very proud. And to... What we've done uh, during that time and to see everybody uh, there watching and hearing and listening to what we've done, and uh, it makes you feel really proud inside. All you got to keep in mind is treat people like you like to be treated and speak to people like you like to be spoken to. And if everybody would carry that message, I think the world would be a, a better place. And when when you see the show being uh, portrayed, and and the audience given the applause and that, you feel well, we've done something right. And it is rubbing off. You know, people are picking up the story. Durham Flynn, the mayor of the town of Appleton, Tom McKeown, and I am one of the come from aways. 
and uh, spent time in Durham Flynn's basement on 9-11. Nathaniel Campbell, I play Bob and others in Come From Away. First of all, could you just tell me what it's like being here in London and seeing this show come to life again? Wonderful. We've, uh, we've been treated very well since we've come here. We've been treated royally, actually, to be honestly truthful. And uh, great to see the show, great to see the new cast, of course, uh, you know, wondering how they were going to play the roles, but uh, we've uh, we've uh, loved what we've seen so far. Yeah, we get treated like rock stars, and all we did was get our planes diverted. And that rock star treatment comes from the cast, the crew, the other creative folks, the people in the Canadian consulate, the hotel, everybody who know who f- figures out who we are has treated us wonderfully. Nathaniel, your character in the show uh, obviously is, is part based on Tom, uh, but also it comes into contact with, with Derm. How has it been meeting the real people behind all of that? It's been amazing, you know, to, to hear the real stories, because obviously I know it's real, but then I'm reading a script and I'm on a stage, so it, there's a sense of detachment from it. But to know that they did go to uh, gardens to get barbecues, <laughs> you know, it puts it all straight back into context. Um, yeah, so it's a blessing. It's really lovely to play a, a real-life character who went through the uh, emotions that I'm trying to portray each night. Yeah. What was the first thing that you all said to each other when you first met? I was very. It was an emotional experience to see Nathaniel a half hour after the show and hadn't met him yet, and uh, so we just said hello and shook hands and knew we would catch up. So it was a unique experience because I'd seen pictures of Tom before interviews of you so and then seeing and it is a bit like that rock star thing because they would introduce themselves and it's like I know who you are don't, you don't know who I am so yeah so it was, it was lovely to, to see them yeah and um, every time you see the show I don't know how many times you've seen it does it bring it all back well it does uh, but we have an annual service every year in Appleton we're one of the small the only one of the communities in Canada that do that on an annual basis so we, we, we don't forget plus we we know with Tom and I, we, we communicate back and forth, not on a monthly basis or weekly basis, but sometimes it'll be twice in a month and sometimes it'll be six months. But I met his family. He was a single man when he came to Apple. He went back to New York, found a woman, got married and have two kids, and uh, they're all part of our family. So it's great. The show gives us an opportunity to, to get together and, and have a beer and tell some lies and have a few chats. <laughs> that, that whole part is just fabulous for us, but also just to meet the other characters and to meet the people that are playing the, the role. It, it's, it's a real opportunity, a real blessing. My name is Bonnie Harris. I'm a manager of the Gander and Area SPCA. I'm Mary Doherty and I play Bonnie Harris in Come From Away. I'm guessing you met for the, for the first time very recently. What, today, what was the first thing you said to each other? It's so nice to meet you. <laughs> and I said, it's such an honour to meet you, because I'm starstruck and it is an honour. It's so exciting. Bonnie did such amazing work while the planes were all grounded in, in Gander. How is it to play that? It's really incredible. You can't, when, you, when you read the script, you can't believe it's real to be honest with you um, you think it's based on real facts and then obviously speaking to you today and we've read a lot of interviews and rehearsals you realise how much of it is verbatim and you did go into the airplane carrier and you did rescue the animals and you were absolutely not going to hear that they told you there were no animals on the planes and Doug called you and said as you've said earlier that's rubbish the ferocity of which you fought your cause and I know passion your animals are your passion 
and that's just it's actually really exciting to now go and play that again after meeting you it does it, it enriches it it makes it even more real you know you think yeah absolutely the script is right so you really trust that because now I've met you you now know everything's kind of coming together it's just it's amazing yeah so do you feel like meeting Bonnie in the flesh has almost confirmed the truth of your character yeah it definitely has we did a lot of research in the beginning so or someone asked me earlier had you you Bonnie inspired me and you said oh I wouldn't have inspired Mary because we haven't met you know and of course I wouldn't I'm a normal burger you absolutely have you know but especially today there's a line in the show where I say I've got three meaning three children today I've been able to find out who they are their ages that they're three girls you know how old were they at the time of 9-11 and 9-12 and onwards and where were they and and Doug where's Doug today and like you know you really get the details about someone's life that's the joy of playing someone real and Bonnie you said you've seen this 10 times now I'm guessing that's in different productions all over the world what do you take away from it every time you see it in a different place I think you know just just seeing the reaction of the audiences and what they're taking what I'm hoping they're taking away from it I think that's seeing that has probably the biggest effect because um, like I said following the story I know the story and seeing it on stage I've seen the story you know I'm, I'm paying attention to the story but not so much now as I did when I first sat so now I'm, I'm sort of paying more attention to some of the audience members that I'm seeing and you know I'm, I'm certainly hoping they're they're taking away from it what what we normally do hopefully it's rubbing off on on the audiences what's your favorite part of the show to watch Oh, gosh, there's so many. There's so many. I, I like some of the funny lines. One of the ones that really sticks out is, um, welcome to Walmart, would you like to come home for a shower? I can actually see that being said, although people are are questioning whether or not that would be something. Oh, yeah, that, that would happen. <laughs> so that, that was one of my favorite lines, I think, uh, in the show. And Mary, when you're doing the show every night, which which part of the show really makes your heart leap? Oh, it's the finale, I would say. My husband said to me when he watched it, it's, the, it's very, very clever because as an audience member and a cast member, it's come full circle from doing the Welcome to the Rock at the beginning. And then when we start to reprise that song, we start singing that again. And there's a moment where we do this kind of step touch thing and we all look at each other. And every single time I do that, it really gets me. And you just feel really lucky to be telling this story and all coming together as a cast. And you see the audience getting ready because they kind of know it's going to finish. And it just feels very magical. My hope for the show is that it spreads kindness. If it affects just one person in that audience, that's, that's a bonus. Come From Away is booking at the Phoenix Theatre in the West End until September. Next time on the podcast, we're going backstage with Lucy May Barker, who's currently playing Sophie in the West End production of Mamma Mia, which is about to celebrate its 20th anniversary. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe for more, and do leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.